What is up, football fans? Welcome back to another episode of Pound the Pigskin, where it's all football all the time. This is your host, Steve Hill, and along with my fellow football hosts, Alex Ruiz and Matt Kaczynski. Gentlemen, we are continuing on our Division Dive series as we trek on through the summertime. Alex is back from vacation. COVID yeah. spikes are at an all-time high across the United States. Inflation is at 9.1%, but we get to talk football for the next hour or so on the show, so life is good. Right. At least football doesn't go anywhere. Football's not going anywhere. God bless America. So We always got football. We, we do for as long as um, – We can taste it. As long as we're alive, I'll be happy if football's still part of the equation. So, that being said, we'll go ahead – before we get into the show tonight, we'll kick it off like we always do with our drink of the night. Brought to you by our buddies at String Sports Brewery, who's just over three years old now. And I've got myself a Dos Equis Lager with a lime. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and when, and when, um, when Alex texted us the, <laughs> the video pour, I went ahead and I put a tequila floater at the top of the neck. There you go. I'm, I'm I'm trying to measure out how much I poured. <laughs> you 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 put in quite a bit. What do you think? Ten ounces? Twelve? Uh, I mean I mean a full beer's worth of tequila. I don't know about that, but it was a good pour. Yeah, yeah. So it's in there. I would I would say I would say it's probably like it's probably like eight ounces. Don't yeah. over right. listeners. It's, don't. I'm not. He's that cool. He drinks a lot of tequila, but come it's, on. It's probably it's more than a fist. I'll tell you that. I it's more than yeah, a fist. It, it's it's stiff. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> my it's my wife's looking at me right now because of the way we're talking. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "What are you guys saying?" So, anyways, <laughs> um, your I'm husband drinking, has it. I'm, I'm drinking Dwayne the Rock Johnson's Termana Tequila. Uh, listen, I, you guys know I'm an avid tequila drinker. I love it. My, my third child was made because of tequila. So, um, very, it's just great for me. Um, this is probably one of the smoothest, like mainline brand tequilas that are out there. Um, you could drink it straight on the rocks. doesn't matter. It's, it's just a very smooth and delicious tequila. So if anybody's curious on trying them, Termana, you gotta grab it. It's amazing. There you go. Too bad we're all tired of the rock. <laughs> no, I'm not tired of the rock. En- endorse me. No. Matt's not tired of the rock. He played at the U. Matt, what do you got? Got a little bit of a surprise tonight. Well, Sissy beer. Got a, got a little leftover. A little leftover tall boy. Might oh. be a, a PBR from golf. Wow, wow nice. Holy shit. Let's have rodeo one of those bad boys in there. It's not good, but you know. Hey, next time we all get together, we should all shotgun one. That's fine. Um, I'm remembering <laughs> why I stopped drinking PBR. Yeah, <laughs> I I know, I know that's why. <laughs> but, hey. PBRs were absolutely 100. percent Once Matt got introduced to him, they were his go-to for years. Oh, 100%. he was still drinking them when me and him first met. 100. percent yeah, <laughs> bro, Ale House, two for three dollars. Come on, yeah, two so for three dollars at Ale House. That uh-huh. was the go-to. I was like the cheapest bar date ever. That's it. I'm the most expensive bar date ever now. Yeah, you are, <laughs> Nicole. I'm sorry. Yeah, Alex likes to get the you know the buckets of seltzers that are like twenty-one bucks now. <laughs> anyway, all right. Man. So we got to get into it tonight, boys. We got our division dive. We're gonna hit the. 
uh, and the AFC North and the AFC South. Um, some news in both divisions as we kind of preview what is to come in this 2022 NFL season. And we're going to start with the team that's had all the drama and all the headlines, basically. Uh, really? um, we're going to start with, yes, the Browns is the Browns. They finally ended the Baker Mayfield saga. They traded Baker to the Carolina Panthers, which the three of us on this show saw come in for months on end. Um, we already yeah. we already talked about the NFC South and previewed all that. Um, obviously, that'll change a little bit of the quarterback room for the Panthers. But let's focus on the Browns here. They they still don't know what's going on with the Deshaun Watson situation yet. Jacoby Brissett is the backup. There's plenty of talent up and down the roster in terms of offense and defensive side of the ball. They brought in Amari Cooper in the offseason to be their wide receiver one. Um, the offensive line is one of the better units in the NFL. The defense still has guys like Miles Garrett, Davion Clowney, Denzel Ward, who just got a big bag of money. Yeah. Um, so they've got elite players in positions. Obviously, the backfield is probably the the best one-two punch with Chubb and Hunt in the backfield. So all that being said, the big question mark, you know, hanging over the whole Watson quarterback situation. What if you're a Cleveland Browns fan? First of all, God bless you and may God have mercy on your soul. But if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, what is the expectations for your team going into this year? Um. If you're a Browns fan or if you work for the organization? If you're a Browns fan, right? I could care less about the people in the organization making these dumb moves that they make. If you're a Browns fan sitting in the fucking dog pound on Sundays at 1 o'clock in the afternoon after you get out of church and you down an 18-pack to get yourself through four quarters, what are your expectations? Um, Honestly? Yeah. I I feel bad for the Browns fans. Well, you should. Here's the thing. All this drama doesn't end even if things get cleared up. Drama will surround this team all year. And it's just not the drama. Yeah. It's just it's not the drama you want when you've got a team that is very, very close to being a weird comparison, I know, but if y'all are as dirty as we are, you'll get it. It's starting to feel like the Eagles from years ago when they were the quote-unquote dream team of like all-stars talent that just can't do anything with it. Is that why when they had McNabb? Bro, yeah. like, here's the thing. They got all the talent in the world on that team. It's roster, it's pretty stacked top to bottom compared to a lot of other teams in the NFL. Should be almost a lock for playoffs every single year, making playoff deep playoff runs. Just It's the Browns. They just never find a coach that can get it done. The quarterback situation is just a mess. Like, do we really think Deshaun Watson, even if all of this stuff gets cleared up, truthfully, all this gets cleared up. Is he really going to sit there and have the mentality to be able to actually just be dominating games? It's going to take him a while, in my opinion, because that was a lot. That's, that's a risk the, the Browns was willing to take. <laughs> that's why I feel bad for Browns fans, because I think it's yeah. going to backfire horribly on them. The Browns, the Browns took that $230 million risk. Look, Alex, you're not going to like this. Week one, Carolina is going to thump. The Browns, by the sheer principle of what has gone down, that wouldn't that honestly, Carolina. I don't think it's going to be a good football team, but it wouldn't shock me at all if they win Week One. 
Bro, they're going to thump them. Now, they're not going to be good, and I, I like Baker, and I feel bad for him. I've liked him for a while. I think he's in a bad situation again, which just sucks. But I think he's going to go out week one and absolutely have himself a game against the Browns. And that's going to set the Browns on, honestly, a bad start to the season. It's going to follow them all year. So you mentioned Browns, bad start to the season, possibly I follow, think they're gonna be follow all year. What I think they're what do you think is, you know, best case, worst case scenario for the Browns? Best case, they sneak into the playoffs barely because I just don't think they have it. I just don't think they're going to have it together. So I, best case, you think maybe they sneak into the playoffs. Do they have to have Watson at quarterback to do that? Um, I, I think yes. I think it's an impossible situation for Jacoby Brissett to get them into the playoffs. What I think could end up happening is Watson gets suspended for eight games. Jacoby Brissett keeps him barely above water. Bare, like, no, actually, no, it's going to be one of those – something weird will happen with the Browns where they go on, like, a 6-2 and two run with uh, Watson at the end and, like, barely notch out the one enough win to get into the playoffs, maybe. Yeah, That's I mean, the best scenario. I was going to say, because if, if, if you get Watson suspended, like – for example, like what you said, if you suspended the first eight games, I mean, they've got they've got to play the Chargers, the Patriots, the Ravens, and the Bengals, all all in those first eight games. You know, then they got to travel to Miami and to Buffalo. Well, and, here's the thing too, though. What's that? Not to go overly ridiculous in depth on the Browns uh, here, because this isn't a Browns podcast, but six of their last nine games are on the road. Yeah. So we'll finish. We'll finish off this question for you, boys. Is Deshaun or um? Excuse me. What is the amount of games Deshaun Watson plays for the Cleveland Browns this season? I mean, if my opinion is attached to it, it's zero. But I doubt that's happen. That's well, no. It's is what do you think is going to happen? Not what you what you feel should be deserved. I mean. All of us can agree he shouldn't play, but how many games do you think he plays? Um, I don't. Honestly, I still think it's a really tough call. Um, well, yeah, but I'm asking you to just pick a game. I'll, I'll, I'll probably say maybe nine at, at best. All right, so you think at best Watson plays nine, or he how many plays- games do you think he plays, Alex? I don't mean, he's going to play half the year. Is what my yeah, Most. I mean, I, I've got him 10 okay. games minimum. Okay, so Playing. 10, 9, nine to 10 games. I, I don't I don't think he'll get suspended more than six games. I think right. he should, uh, but I, I, I'm going to make this very clear. He absolutely should, but I don't think he will. Fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough. So, so with, with what you guys both said about the amount of games – Watson, you know, may play or you think he probably plays or whatever. Yeah. If he plays that many games, are the Browns a playoff team? <coughs> yes. Barely. Alex, all right, Alex and Matt both say yes. I I think I think by the by the freaking hair of their chinny chin chin as well. I'm I'm with both of you boys there. I think that there's enough talent that if they get enough games out of Watson, uh, they can sneak in. We'll see. So, that being said, though, let's go to Western Ohio with the defending conference champs, the Cincinnati Bengals. <coughs> um, they did what they needed to do in terms of 
building the offensive line around Joe Burrow so that, so that Burrow does not literally get killed on a football field in front of millions. Uh, the defense is pretty much intact in terms of bringing back some of their key contributors like Jesse Bates at safety. Um, obviously, the pass rush duo of Hubbard and Hendrickson is pretty uh, pretty legit. And we all know about the offense with the skilled players with Chase and Higgins and Boyd and Mixon. Um, if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, um, may God have mercy on your soul. But what are your realistic expectations knowing that last year you were in the big dance? What's the expectations this season? I mean, their expectations should be playoff and nothing less. Uh, it's a deep playoff run. Yeah. I, I playoff mean, minimum, another playoff run expected. Yeah, I mean, they need to they need to be at least in the conference championship. In in my opinion, um, they are they're a team that, granted, they did make it last year. There were a couple instances where it. I mean, one or two plays could have changed that narrative, right? Um, I, I think they need to build off of the momentum that they have, right? The Bengals have really been kind of a nobody. I mean, their their best quarterback in the last thirty fucking years was Andy Dalton, and that's not saying much. <laughs> so. Um, there, Matt, I gave him credit. Um, hey. Now now they have this young gunslinger who unfortunately had a terrible rookie season because of injury. And nobody got to see what he did. And then he came out like a freaking firecracker or bat out of hell, whatever you want to call it, and just absolutely took the league by storm. Um, he's proven that he's going to be one of those top-tier elite guys throughout his career. I'm excited to watch him play. But in, in terms of being a Bengals fan um, – Obviously, there's the battle for Ohio up there, but they need to be thinking like playoffs every season and deep playoffs at a minimum this year. They they made it. They made it all the way last year. They need to do it again this year. All right. So with that being said, those, you know, realistic expectations as a Bengals fan and knowing what you've got, you know, on the roster and and what the schedule, you know, holds in front of you. What if you're a fan, you've got those expectations. But what concerns with this team do you have? Uh, I mean, honestly, I hate to say it, but like Super Bowl hangover. Um, Super Bowl hangover, that's a thing. We have seen a lot where teams will get to the Super Bowl lose and then just completely fall off. I hope it doesn't because I like Joe Burrow. I like Jamar Chase. I like what they got going on. Um, I like their coaching staff. I love that pairing. Yep. I just – it's – they just have they, – they have, like, the right players in the right spots, in my opinion, right now. Um, the biggest fear, though, I think, is either the, the uh, you know, Super Bowl hangover or, you know, that uh, the line has doesn't pan out like they hope it does, the O-line, because that's going to be the biggest linchpin for this team is if that O-line can keep Burrow upright more than they did last year because he cannot take another year like last year. Yeah, I mean, he cannot, he cannot get pounded like he's a fucking whack-a-mole doll. I mean, good on him that he's able. He's got a quick release. He's finding ways to kind of work around it, but he's still getting his face kicked in every yeah, single. Yeah, and he's athletic enough to move around in the pocket. He kind of he's got great pocket awareness. He makes shit happen. But there's no. I mean, that honestly, as a, if you're a Bengals fan, that's the biggest fear is please God, I don't want to watch our quarterback literally I, die on a football field. I think the Bengals did enough to to address yeah. that front. We never said they did it. Season, Hold on, but... I didn't say that. I'm just saying that what they did on the O-line doesn't work like they wanted to. That's all I'm saying is the biggest fear. That's That would be my fear as a Bengals fan. Yeah, they just have to hope that it pans out with the way that it looks on paper. Yeah. Yeah. Everything so, else seems solid. Defense, 
good. Offense, weapons, good. Coaching, good. Like yeah, schedule schedule manageable. The only the schedule. only knock on the schedule for them is they've got four separate occasions where they've got back. So yeah, they don't have a you know, easy one. Schedule schedule is not the greatest. I mean, they're going to get some marquee matchups. Um, obviously, their division. You know, they get Baltimore twice, Cleveland twice, Pittsburgh twice. You know, they got to go go on the road to Tennessee. You know, they got to go on the road to Tampa, on the road to New England. They get to host Buffalo, you know, week 17 in that Monday nighter. Um, but the schedule, I mean, that's what happens, though, when you win the division. You got to play teams that won the division, you know, so the schedule is going to be what it is. Um, that being said, though, if, if you get, you know, you've got your expectations as a fan, what is, you know, what's best case, worst case for, for this Bengals team in 2022? I mean, I'll probably steal a little bit of center on this one, but it's not making the playoffs is worst case. Yeah, okay. Like they, are, they, they, should, they, they should be in their heads playoff team no matter what. They should be one of the best seven teams in the AFC no matter what. 100%. Okay, fair enough. What about, what about best case ceiling here? Uh, another deep run in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean. I'll tell better. you what. Best case is that I'm they capture make a all very the bold magic statement. and they win it, right? I'm going to make a very bold statement here. Now, this is not a bold prediction for our bold prediction show. No, 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 no. Okay. The bold statement. Fair enough. If the Bengals make a playoff run but lose, I actually think it helps them because now you got a guy who has kind of the same effect he had in college. You get Burrow, who now is hungry to just destroy people. If he gets close to the Super Bowl – or in it again and loses, he'll 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 win a Super Bowl. Like I would honestly guarantee that. Well, he's certainly on the right trajectory. Just saying. All right. Although, actually, let me rephrase that. No, if they make a run into the playoffs, no, um, no Super Bowl run and then lose again because that'll just no. Then you start becoming the Bills, and we don't want that. Um, <laughs> if they make it to like say conference, whatever it is, and lose, I don't think it hurts them. Okay. It's one of those teams where it's just going to keep them getting better and better. From losing now, eventually they'll have to win. But bold statement. All right, playoff Alex, loss. What's, uh, the what's best case, worst case for the Bengals? Best case. Yeah. Uh, twelve wins. All right, when twelve wins gets them into the playoffs, I'm assuming. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, I mean, worst case, they're a wild card team and lose that round. I don't see it happening, but that would be worst case scenario. So worst case, they're one and done. Yeah, I mean that's absolute worst case. Like you would have to be. Yeah, I mean, Bengals fans gotta like the sound God, of that, dude. Like I would, I want to put money on it now, just in case it happens, because like that would just blow my mind. Like it's the the statistical likelihood that they're one and done in the playoffs this season is like 0.05 percent. You know what I mean? Like that's not gonna happen. But Fair I, I kind of want to put money on it because now, I mean, I'm, I'm putting it out there. Sure. Well, there's probably going to be that that odds eventually. You're going to be able to make a make a play on something like that. So we'll like a hundred dollars on a plus plus one hundred and twenty thousand or something. There you go. So Bengals fans, something to look forward to. You know, got some excitement, obviously, with the quarterback and the rest of the roster. Uh, you know, for hopefully another run uh, in the playoffs now. Another team in the division, they just got a new name to their stadium. It's no longer Heinz Field. It's now Acrisure Stadium. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Such bad too. Obviously, they uh, they made the the splash pick. They drafted quarterback Kenny Pickett in the first round. Um, they've got one of the better head coaches in the NFL with Mike Tomlin. Uh, I some, don't so some key players on defense, some key players on offense. But if you're, we'll start with the Kenny Pickett. Uh, we'll start with the Kenny Pickett situation here. Mitch Trubisky brought in in the offseason, obviously before Pickett was drafted. Uh, Trubisky's going to probably have the chance to win the job, obviously. It's not going to just be handed uh, to Pickett. It's not that kind of QB situation. But what do you boys think? How does the quarterback situation play out? Does Pickett win the job? Does Trubisky win the job and keep it all year? Does Pickett eventually play? How do you see that quarterback situation playing out? I'll make mine short and sweet because y'all should know what it is by now. My boy Maserati Mitch, he wins the job, and I don't think he sits all year. Okay. All right, so you've got Mitch winning the job and and playing quarterback for the season. I think Pickett gets a chance to really just sit, learn, because controversial take, I think if he is able to sit for a minimum half a season, he'll be a high-caliber quarterback. All right, Alex, how do you think it plays out? Um, people are probably going to get real pissed off about this. I'm okay with it. Yeah, Dubinsky is going to win the starting job. All right. All right. So you're you're alignment there with Matt. I mean, he's he's ahead of everybody in terms of that. He had great development in Buffalo. He wasn't a bad quarterback in Chicago. So, right. I don't know why the narrative is still there. It? He had shitty coaching, but you go and look at his stats, and he's a great quarterback. Um, we actually agree on something. Yeah. Um, so he's going to win the starting job. He's by far the most seasoned and most experienced one there. However, I have a feeling that Pittsburgh is going to feel comfortable enough with Kenny Pickett's progression before the trade deadline that Pittsburgh utilizes Kubinski as a trade ship to bring in a couple extra pieces or maybe some draft capital for the next season so they can surround Pickett with more talent next season. All right, so, so that would mean Pickett's the starter by week nine. Yeah. I, okay. I could realistically see that happening. Fair so enough. that would mean the NFL becomes the NBA, but okay. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, we see people do it all the time. Not you so never know. With, not so much with the quarterback position, but that's, with a team that got somebody on a cheap hey, one-year hey, deal. That's You said that's your hot controversial take. I'll let you roll with it. We'll see if it comes out. If it does not, I will let you know. If it does, I'm gonna go to <laughs> I'm gonna go to like CBS Sports and be like, y'all need to you need to hire me as a writer now. So well, what? We've got plenty of examples of where we can maybe get you that job. <laughs> what should be um... some weird, wacky? I don't understand your predictions at all. That work. Yep. What should be the expectation if you're a Yinzer up there in Pittsburgh and and you're you're dying for you know a return to the? I mean. Th- Believe it or not, this team was in the freaking playoffs, you know? Like, I, so what's what's the expectations for this team, you know, post-Big Ben uh, now? I'd say wild card. If Trubinsky is yeah. a starter all season long, I would say wild card's a fair, fair estimate. All right. So you guys got them You guys got them back as a wild card team again. Yeah. I'd say that's fair. What do you say, Matt? Um. At least, yeah. at least, at least from a fan standpoint, right? Like I would at yeah. least hope that we, we we made the playoffs and didn't have really anybody under center well, because he's walking away. Yeah. And... 
I don't think it's an unrealistic expectation either. I don't think Steelers yep. fans should be like yelled at for being the Cowboys fans, um, where they think they're just I'm God all the time. He doesn't have a losing record. No, I mean that's part of it, but I just yeah. Tomlin seems to get it done. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean that that's got to be the expectation, right? Like this might be another hot take. What other team had a quarterback that started for as long as Roethlisberger that basically is like, oh, okay, we can kick our feet back almost. Let things play out, and you're not in a bad spot. Green Bay Packers. Like, okay, damn it. One one example. Thank you. <laughs> Moving on. You know my they did it with you know Favre. The they did it with Favre, and they're doing it with Rodgers now. Shut up. Shut up. The the point trying to be made is Steelers fans. It's not unrealistic. I think the coaching staff should expect it too. You got decent quarterbacks on your roster right now. One of which hasn't even played in the NFL yet. Like yeah. you're good. Yeah. You're good. That's yeah, I think that's I think that's reasonable expectations if you're a Steelers fan. I mean, you got to love the the way that the defense is constructed. I mean, that's going to be the strength of the team. Obviously, second year running back Najee Harris is you know a top you know ten running back in the league. So I mean, they're going to be able to play defense and run the ball. Uh, obviously, a ton of their success will be determined on you know how well you know Trubisky or Pickett or you know both play at at the quarterback position. The offensive line was a huge um, letdown last year, so there's still a lot of, um, you know, a lot of prove it left with that offensive line, you know, waiting to be seen. But the defense is going to be strong. I mean, shoot, the linebacker core alone is one of the best in the league with T.J. Watt, Devin Bush, Miles Jack, and Alex Highsmith. So, I mean, they're going to have speed and playmakers all over the defensive side of the ball, which will help hopefully the uh, the offense, you know, maybe shorter fields to drive and things like that. So I think, you know, like you guys mentioned, back in as a wild card team, that's that's reasonable expectations. Um, you know, best case scenario, they they get in as a playoff team and maybe make some noise and, and win a game, pull off an upset. Worst case scenario is, you know, <coughs> the quarterbacks just – aren't ready this year, and the offense takes a step back. What do you boys think? Um, you want to go first, Matt, or you want me to tear this down? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Have at it, buddy. I'll listen. Listen. <laughs> listen. I know people – I know that there's this cult following for the Baltimore Ravens. I know that they've been decently above average for for a while now. Um, you don't have a quarterback. You 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 have a you have a hybrid running back under center who does not have a deep ball, cannot sit in the pocket long enough to look at more than two freaking routes. The fact <laughs> that you made the playoffs in the first place blows my freaking mind along with the Steelers making the playoffs. It's right up there in what the fuck happened last season. I think, a, I think they're a shit team. I mean, and it's not even personal. I genuinely don't think that this team is put together across the board to be able to get over that edge. I just don't see it happening. They're probably going to go. They're, they're probably going to make the playoffs again, but that's just because of how their division looks right now. Browns questionable. Steelers, questionable. The only other good team in that division right now is the Cincinnati Bengals. And that's yeah. because they have a true starter under center and an actual quarterback. He's the only actual quarterback 
that's playing for any of those teams. And I'm not going to say Deshaun Watson is because he's a piece of shit. <laughs> that's just a fact. Yes, sir. Fair so, enough. It just, it is what it is. The fact that you have a guy on a rookie contract who won MVP once, whoop de doo ain't done shit else. That yep. that means that I'm a I'm a flash in the pan, and I want a whole shitload of money from the team before I actually do what I need to do to get my team to the next level. Sorry, change his fucking position and go get a quarterback. Well, uh, you know the Ravens are going to end up paying. Yeah, I know they will because they're stupid. I just don't get it. I I used to think Baltimore was a team that like they they were they were a competitive team, right? It was always smash mouth football between them and the Steelers. They're always in the playoffs, even with Flacco's shit ass. They were yep. just a good and a fun team to watch. They're shit to watch now. You ain't got no receivers hitting 500 yards. You got you got more touchdowns on the ground than you do through the air in a passing league. I mean, let's be serious. If your team relies on a a quarterback to run and have more rushing yards and rushing touchdowns than your running back by committee who's tripped behind your line, that's a problem. So then if if you're if you're a Ravens fan and you know that there's a lot of you know question marks, what's the expectation for the team this year? I mean, you got a court, you got a, a head coach with a great a great winning pedigree. You you got some players on both sides of the ball who have Main noise in this league, you know, Mark Andrews is an all-pro tight end. Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, all-pro corners. They brought in Marcus Williams at free safety. They drafted Kyle Hamilton to play the other safety position. I mean, there's talent on the team, but what's the expectation for the team? Delusion. Fans are delusional? Yes. I get, listen, they, they did enough, right? The team did enough last season. They're going to do enough this season. And they went out and bolstered up the, the actual side of the ball that's going to help get them to that next level by not allowing anybody else to score so Lamar Jackson can run out the freaking clock. I mean, go back and watch what the is, last what season. What is do enough? What is that? Dude, they're going to do enough to win games. They're going to score a couple touchdowns a game like they always do. And they're going to let Deshaun Watson run across the field. Or not Deshaun Watson, my bad. Lamar Jackson run across the field as much as he wants to and run the clock out. So that the but are they going to win enough games to be a playoff team? I, th- I think they will. They'll do enough to do that. All right. Matt, what do you think? What's the expectations? I mean, it's the Ravens. We all know that they're just always get this like weird love, no matter how mediocre they are. Um, they're consistent. I, I will give them a little bit of that, I guess. Sort yeah, of. they are. Sort of, you know. You can't I mean, always. They were eight and two before Lamar Jackson got hurt last year. I mean, you can't always count them out. No. I'm gonna let Alex keep his thunder on that whole topic because you all know my opinion. It's not much different, so yeah. we don't need to beat that one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't with that team, man. <laughs> So it sounds it sounds like as we look at the the black and blue north, and it real quick, it's going to be one of those years where you, you could either have all forty teams vying for playoffs, or the like Ravens and Browns are just awful. Well, so that's where I was teeing it up. Does this division does this division have only a division winner, or are there multiple playoff teams from this division? Uh, I think Steelers and Bengals are almost locks for playoffs. Steelers, Bengals, locks. I think they're. I think you have two. Okay. I think it's going to be one of those divisions where you could either have a third or not even close. 
Okay. So I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, so... it's either it's either like you said, it's either one team's winning the division or all four have a chance. No. No, because I can't discredit the fact that the Steelers could be top on it, or it could be the Bengals. I mean, realistically. Yeah. I think I think it's a two. It's a I think it's a split division. You've got two teams that I think are kind of set to be playoff teams. Steelers, Bengals, done. Easy, make it short and sweet. Okay. You got two teams that I think are on the rocks. Browns, Ravens. There's just a lot of question marks in a lot of different areas on both teams. Okay. And I think why both teams could either be vying for a playoff spot or really not hit that ship. Gotcha. All right, Alex, what do you think? You think it's a you think it's a one team gets into the playoffs in this division, or you think multiple have a shot? I, th- I think I think at least two have a shot. Okay. Possibly a third, depending on what happens. Fair enough. Yeah, I think um, I think all of these teams in the division are going to be competitive competitive enough to be playing meaningful football games in December as the in the hunt graphics starts up here on the on the television screen. So we will see. Obviously, the defending conference champs reign in that division right now, and uh, we'll see how the rest of it shakes out up there in the AFC North. Now, we're going to move it on down to the South where people love their sweet tea, their sundresses, and their cowboy boots. And we're going to talk about the AFC South. This division, uh, not in the same class, I I think, as the AFC North. We're going to get into it nonetheless. We'll start out with uh, the team that traded away Deshaun Watson, and that's the Houston Texans, led by uh, Dougie Mills there, Davis Mills. Um, The Houston Texans roster let's call it what it is, has a lot of holes. If you're a Houston Texans fan, A, what is your expectations for this season for this team? And B, what are your concerns about this team going into 2022? My expectations are that they field enough players to have an active roster every game. Okay, so enough players to at least play a game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what was the other I mean, one? What is the concern? Oh, everything. I mean, <laughs> this is, I mean, I look, they're gonna be the worst team in the NFL. Like, I'm gonna be nice because so, Alex, gonna, the Texans that. will have the first pick in the draft come April. Oh, yeah, do they, I, I, do they have a pick next? Yeah, because they got one for they got one for Watson, so yeah, they'll have the first pick. I okay, I want to keep it as objective as just like, hey, let's talk hard X's and O's. Mm-mm. This is a bad team. I mean, they shouldn't have even won the four they won last year. The I five. mean, sweet they Jesus. might they might be less than that this year. They are going Dude, to be less sweet than that this Jesus. year. <laughs> Look at this roster. I mean, guys, I don't know that there's a team that has more unknown players. I, I've never seen it. I mean, this is like, and this is coming from a guy who is in, in invested in the NFL league. On a daily basis. Listen, I can already hear the tank for young chance. Okay. I mean, dude, it's so <laughs> they want bad. Bryce Young. Um, um, I mean that 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 would be they they need to. They don't. Like... Well, the problem is is nothing's going to get. I don't see anything help helping this franchise for a little bit. Oh they're no, gonna... they're 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 five years away from anything. Period. Well, dude, they're still awake. That's going to be settling with the Deshaun Watson stuff. So I mean, it's it's going to be a rough year. I mean, they're going to be bad. They're not even like rebuilding, so to speak, because I, I don't know where you can even say they're rebuilding from. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, some of their young pieces, it, no. it doesn't it doesn't give you. A t- I mean, 
Listen, they took Derek Stingley at corner with the third overall pick. Okay. They took Kenyon. They took Kenyon Green, an offensive guard. Uh, what twelfth or fifteenth overall Look, in the first round? I mean, there's good first round. Like yes, but I mean, oof. there's not there's not a lot that says okay, that's a guy that I want to keep on this roster five years from now. Right. Yeah. So, bad. I mean, the only thing that they can hope for, and this is just my opinion, is that. They get um, they get good rookie contributions from their two first rounders in Stingley at corner and Green at guard, and then I think that they they get um, contributions from Damian Pierce at running back as a rookie and John Mechie at wide receiver as a rookie, and then just kind of hope that um, you know they don't accidentally slip up and win too many games. That way they can get themselves you know a top two pick in what's going to be a loaded quarterback draft class you know they're probably going to you know want to be picking top two top three I don't I mean I just don't see when you look at an NFL roster and you talk about just from on paper and you guys know what I'm talking about you look at a team and you say you know what that's an NFL looking roster in terms of the names the players what they've accomplished in the league what they're capable of you look at the depth chart on this team and what they're bringing into training camp. There's no way you say, "Man, that's a team that's going to be competitive in the National Football League." You just can't, just can't. So, uh, you, you like know, Alex said uh, they're going to field enough players to play games. They're just not going to play uh, games with enough good players to win those games. So, you know, you know, the joke that runs around how like the, 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 the college, the CFB winner should play the worst team in the NFL. That right, really right. comes into play. Like yeah. it's going to be bad. Yeah. I, I'm with you there. I, I would say best case scenario. If you're a Texans fan, this is my opinion is you find some hidden gems on your roster going in, at the end of the season that you feel good about being on your team and you have a top, you know, two or three pick in the draft and you're able to get, you know, an elite quarterback prospect to then, as Matt mentioned, start the rebuilding process around. So we'll see. Now we go up, uh, we go up the interstate a little bit from Houston to Indianapolis. You're looking at the Colts who obviously made that trade in the off season, sending Carson Wentz uh, one and done uh, over to the Washington commanders. And uh, they go ahead, they make a splash by replacing him with Matt Ryan coming over from the Atlanta Falcons. If you're a Colts fan, this was a team that obviously choked down the stretch last year and missed the playoffs. Uh, You've got one of the top two running backs in the NFL in his prime. You've got one of the top interior offensive linemen in the NFL in his prime. You got one of the top... um, interior defensive lineman in DeForest Buckner in the league in his prime. You got one of the top off-ball linebackers in Darius Leonard in the league in his So, I mean, you've got guys that are literally all pros, meaning top two in the league in their position, in their prime. You brought in some, uh, some key players. You know, they brought in Stephon Gilmore to play corner opposite Kenny Moore, who was a pro bowler. They brought in Yannick Ngakwe um, to be the opposite edge rusher off of Pay and to help DeForest Buckner. So 
once again, A, if you're a Colts fan, what are your expectations for this team, right? And then B, what concerns do you have with this team? Um, I go. Alex is going to be surprised when I say this one, but I mean, I do have to be a reasonable NFL fan and NFL somewhat, you know, having some knowledge. Right. Matt Ryan is a question mark to some degree. Yeah. I mean, I think he still has it, but you still don't know it's a new team. It's still, still an X factor there. Um, right. I think that's the biggest one. I mean, I think they're pretty, they're, they're locking a lot of spots. I mean, they definitely could use a little bit more of a star-studded receiving core, but um, yeah, they're a little lacking in that department. So it does make me a little nervous for Ryan. Um, but yeah, Matty Ryan's always had a clear wide-out one. Yeah. At the same time, though, you know what? He's a veteran quarterback. He's been around. Maybe it helps him that he doesn't have to lock in on one freaking guy that isn't going to do anything because it didn't do anything for him in Atlanta. Anyways, so. Long-winded, I think he's the concern. And other than that, I think this is a pretty, it's a damn good team. Fair enough. All right, Alex. What if you're if you're a fan? What are your expectations? What are your concerns? Um, I would say expectation for the team is playoffs. Nine win, ten win team. Well, you know their owners' expectations is the playoffs. Yeah, I I mean it. It has to be. I'm... And listen. I give Matt Ryan a lot of shit. He's a lot better quarterback than they've had since uh, Manning. <laughs> oh, luck was—I mean, luck was good for some yeah. for two seasons. Yeah, the Rivers was decent for a year. Eh, okay, the only year he played. So, eh, you know, like nobody consistent at that position. That's part of the reason why the team is struggling. That's the one position you need consistency well, at. Yeah. Okay. So, Go ahead. That's um, true. I think the expectation as a fan base is a, is a is at least a nine ten win team and making the playoffs. I think some fans are even putting them higher at at twelve thirteen wins, um, just because of how loaded this team is at all positions, right? Well, um, however, it it wouldn't. I I think the concern that most fans might have is that you spoke on it, and Matt Ryan has never he's always had a true number one wide receiver. He's not going to get that now. Um, and, and the one time he had the opportunity to win a big game, he, he absolutely tanked it. So I, I think that is always going to be kind of, at least for Matt Ryan's legacy and sake, he needs to, to have a season that completely erases the Super Bowl blunder that took place. Um, right. and I think because of that, that's probably going to be the biggest worry for most fans as well. He, yeah, he did make it, but then he absolutely fumbled that entire game away the, the last half. So like, yeah, no. One quick thing to expound on that, and then we can kind of maybe call it shut on the Colts unless you got other questions there, Steve. Um, the big thing, too, you got to have to, I think that does play in Matt Ryan's favor is I think he gets a little bit more of a solid coaching staff all around than he's had. Um, he's not dealing with such an offensive minded team, which may help him take some pressure off of him. I mean, let's be real. I mean, Darius Leonard's a face. Like, he, it's not like Matt Ryan comes in as the only star studded guy on there that takes all the pressure. Like, that defense can have some pressure, especially with Darius Leonard. So, I think that can maybe help Ryan. It does take a little bit of pressure off being such a, you know, tenured veteran going into a situation like that. It could be all eyes on him only. So, I don't know that it will be 100%, and I think it could help him. But we'll so, think- if you're a Colts fan, 
This is the last question uh, for the Colts. If you're a Colts fan, boys, do you view it as a missed opportunity that they didn't trade a fifth-round pick to the Cowboys to get Amari Cooper? Yes. And that's all the Browns did. It's – yeah, no, that's that's a huge that's a miss for any team that didn't even inquire about it. Well, especially for a team so, who's missing. You know what? A I'm sticking by what I just said. I'm sticking by what I just said. I actually think you look at it now. I think it's better the Colts didn't because they. Yes, Ryan has always had a number one, but I think it's a, again. This is a chance for him to be a different quarterback. He's always been staple to the number one big throw, high octane offense. This is it's, it's, it's just like it's just like Ursay and them said when they brought him on in the press conference. Man, it was this is a team that needed Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan needed the team. Well, that's why I think it fits because it's again, it's granted he's old, so they're not again they're not going to have great stability at quarterback because it's not like they're going to have Matt Ryan for that long. But they get that type of guy that they've needed since Manning. That yeah, I mean this Colts team is no doubt trying to win now. Yeah, they're, they're, they they have to be in a win-now mode. If, if not, what are they yeah. doing? Which, with that said, then yes. like so, I mean, I can see both arguments. Because right now, win-now, yeah, you go get Amari Cooper. You get a, another skill player because you only have a running game, really, at the end of the day in terms of skill position. I mean, yeah. they've got decent talent, but it's not – you know, you're not talking about what? Who, I mean, do any of those guys crack top 10? No. No, of course not. Any yeah. of those guys even crack top 15? No. Again, so I don't know. I can see both arguments. Yep. All right. Fair enough. So that's where we're at with the Colts. I mean, you know, expectations, like you guys mentioned, if uh, this but team, a good team, yeah, they're expectations should be a non meltdown and should be a playoff contending team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yep. Now, like yeah, let's the, we, can, we can tag that for the Colts for the year. Non meltdown, non melt, a non meltdown team. So we'll see now. A team that was the number one seed a year ago in the end in the AFC and did have a postseason meltdown. That is the team up there in Nash, Vegas, Tennessee Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry back healthy. Obviously, that's going to be a huge uh, thing for their offense as their offense literally runs through him. The offensive line is the strength of theirs with Taylor uh, Lewan anchoring at left tackle, Ben Jones at center. The defense has got uh, some great players. I mean, the three of us all love Kevin Byard at safeties and all pro yep. safety. Jeffrey Simmons as one of their down linemen is one of the young rising stars in the league. Harold Landry is an underrated edge rusher. Uh, they brought in Bud Dupree on the opposite end as a rusher. Um, so, I mean, they've got playmakers on defense. Obviously the offense in terms of the passing game is going to be different. They traded away AJ Brown. They drafted, Traylon Burks in the first round. They brought over uh, Robert Woods in a trade from the um, L.A. Rams. So the wide receiving core is going to look a little different for quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Now, we'll start off here, boys. Tannehill is obviously the starting quarterback. He got this team to the playoffs. He had a playoff meltdown. They drafted Malik Willis in the third round, you know, as the the backup, potential heir apparent, whatever you want to call it. If you're a Titans fan, A, how do you see the quarterback situation shaking out? Is it Tannehill all season? Is it Tannehill until Willis is ready? 
Is it uh, Willis beating out Tannehill uh, for one reason or another at some point during the season? What does the quarterback situation look like in your guys' opinion? Um, uh, I know you've got a lot to say on this one, Alex, so don't even lie. I, I'll give I really it. don't. I think I beat a dead horse when it comes to Ryan Tannehill last season. So there's no, did, yes. there's nothing new here for me on this other than the fact that they're going to get the king back, right? So yep. um, he immediately makes everybody else. Derrick Henry does what a quarterback is supposed to do in elevating everyone else around him, okay? Fair um, enough. I, I think Malik Willis will see some game time, but it's only going to be garbage time. It's not going to be anything relevant, and that okay. it, it is what it is. Yep. And I just think that's because Derrick Henry is going to do enough that gives Ryan Tannehill the ability to be the quarterback that they're used to, right? You took that away from him last year, and we saw that it was nothing. Yep. Um, so I, I I think they're the second best team in the division because Tannehill is their quarterback, but it'll be his last season as the Tennessee Titans quarterback. All right, Matt, what do you think? How do you think this uh, quarterback situation plays out? Uh, I'm actually, weirdly enough, in agreement with Alex, which I'm surprised he actually gave Tannehill that much enough credit. Um, yeah, but he's also I, saying I, I this, was is expecting, the, this is the last year for Tannehill. Yeah. I know, but I was expecting an Alex, you know, prediction of like, you know, week seven in the quarter, you know, at five minute mark, you know, Malik Willis gets his chance for some reason or another. And, you know, here we go. Um, no, kidding. But, yeah, no, uh, I think Tannehill will do just enough of what Tannehill does, which is be just consistent enough to be an average enough quarterback to win. And that's a lot of, like, garbage to say, very minimal. Um, but I agree with Alex. Yeah, it's it, – we, we know what he does. We know what the Titans are. And they still can beat you, even though you know what's coming. So, so if you're – They heard up the defense. Boys, I think that's yeah. actually the biggest thing for Titans fans, if I were going to say it. Yeah. Feeling a little more confident on the defense, which has been a big letdown the past couple seasons overall. I think it helped. And you know what? Look out. Titans could legitimately be another big heavyweight contender again. So this team was the first the the number one seed. What's the what's the expectations from the fans with this team? Uh I think that expect- further off. I think expectation is nine, ten wins. I still, I think, the, I think fans will still expect them to be a playoff team, despite how close the race was last last year. Um, they're still going to expect that, especially with Derrick Henry coming back. So I, I think that's the expectation. Um, but they're not going to win the division. All right. What about you, Matt? What do you think the fans' expectations for this team is? I mean, I think fans' expectations is winning the division because let's be real. What have they really lost? Well, they haven't they haven't lost anything. That's my point. I mean, besides get- a, besides AJ Brown, I mean, you know, who was their clear cut number one receiver. Yeah, but now they got two guys that could literally almost fill in AJ Brown's one role and make the offense a little bit more of a guessing game because at least you got more than just AJ Brown. Um, Fair anyway, enough. I I think fans are probably expecting to battle for the division because why shouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, you just had the coach of the year. Right, so I mean, I think Vrabel knows what he's Tannehill doing. Or not, this team is a legitimately solid heavyweight favorite. Yeah, I mean, Vrabel knows how to coach. Uh, they've got key pieces on on defense that'll keep you in the game. Obviously, if you're a Titans fan, your biggest concern is, please God, just keep Derrick Henry healthy. Um, 
you know, you don't want him missing uh, time like no. he did last year and throwing the, the offense out of rhythm. Um, but like you guys mentioned, the realistic expectations should be, well, fuck, we were the number one seed last year. Why shouldn't we be a division winner and making a run in the playoffs this year? So I think that that's the expectation is to get back in and, and to win and to not melt down. And I think that, I mean, this is just me, but I think anything short of getting to the playoffs and at least winning a playoff game uh, and Tannehill's gone and they turn the, uh, the reins over to Malik Willis and, and see if he's got the X factor that you need in the NFL quarterback to, to win in this league. So we'll see, like Matt said, they're not really missing a whole bunch from a team that was the top seed in the conference a year ago. So now complete opposite end of the spectrum. They were the sad cats last year. Will they be the sad cats this year? I don't know. We're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were the worst team in the NFL. They had the number one overall pick. Um, It was a, if we're going to be honest and transparent, it was really a poor rookie season campaign for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. I mean, granted, he didn't have a lot of talent around him. It was a complete dumpster fire circus uh, with Urban Meyer and everything else going on um, here in town when it comes to the coaching in the front office. Um, they had a huge offseason in terms of what they did. Obviously, number one overall pick, they brought in edge rusher Trayvon Walker. They're getting one of their first-round picks, Travis Etienne, back this year at running back. They spent a ton of money at, for Christian Kirk to come in at wide receiver. They paid Zay Jones a ton of money. They got Marvin Jones from a year ago. I mean, they brought in Evan Ingram at tight end, who you boys are all too familiar with what Evan Ingram really is. But but, um, all that being said, you know, they spent a ton of money on Brandon Sheriff to come in at guard. Um, If you're a Jacksonville Jaguar football fan, okay, A, what are your expectations for this team? And B, what concerns do you have going into this season? Oh. Doug Peterson's at the helm as the head coach, whole new coaching staff scheme, all that junk uh, for Lawrence. What are you, what are you expecting? What are you concerned about? Well, Jaguars fans are might, might be the most cynical fans in all of football. So they're all probably just being, Oh, no, here, no. Um, I think they I will need- say there's not a lot of buzz and excitement up here this year, but there's not a lot of negativity either. No, well, but I think they're finally, they finally taken their medicine enough to realize we're just going to fucking wait and see with this team. I mean, five uh, years ago, they were a playoff team with Blake Bortles. Yeah, but that that was because they had a defense that was on a heater be- bigger than anything I've seen in any casino in my life. No, no, no. I, I know that. I'm just saying. Oh, so, the the so, way that defense came out of, like, basically nowhere and got better and better as the year went on and basically was a Super Bowl caliber, all-pro type defense, I mean, yeah. that's what won it. That's what yeah. one of them, where, where they got to now. Right. But we're not in 2017. We're in 2022. Here's, here's what I'm going to say, being not in North Florida anymore. This team's won four football games in two seasons. I mean, yeah, it's the Jaguars. They've basically been an absolute just kind of joke of a team. It's been ringing brothers and Barnum and Bailey. And, but it has not been the greatest show on earth. I just think the Jaguars need to be a, like, got to realize what you got. 
and that's Peterson. And I think Peterson will legitimately change his franchise around now. How quickly? In a year? That's debatable. I, I don't think it's going to be like some 180. I, I still don't think they have the talent for a turnaround it, that quick. It's it's a 180. It's not going to be a 180 difference. You know, we're talking like you know 90 degrees. You know, I could see them legitimately winning a handful of games. I don't think they're talent a list is about it. five. Huh? I said a handful is five. Yeah, I, I would guess. Again, we're not in that stage of our show yet, but no, we're not. I think they're going to see improvement. I think you're going to see a better team that at least plays better football. Well, I'll say this as a Jaguar, if you're a Jaguar fan, the minimum expectation for this season should be just show me some improvement. Well, I think that's what it is, and it should be, in my opinion. You've got Peterson. Let him be Peterson. Don't jump down his throat. And it's, you know, like give it, let him breathe, give them that space to start changing this franchise. It's desperately needed for a long time. Yeah. I don't know if I'm a draft the... person, they're not going to do it. Cause I mean, I understand they're cynical as shit, but yeah. I would be a little optimistic. I think they've got some right pieces in place that are going to build this team for the future. Yeah. Alex, what do you think the expectations for a Jaguar fans should be? Five wins. Five wins. Okay. okay so we're in agreement on that. Oh my God. Yep. I'll say this because I I agree with you boys on um, needing to show improvement both in just how competitive they are and a little bit in the wins category. But my my biggest thing is um, I I got to see that our you know generational QB prospect is trending in that direction after after right. year two. Like he cannot be chucking. 18, 19 touchdowns, 13, 14 interceptions another season. I don't care if it's new coaching staff. You know, he's got improved skill players, and the expectation should be year two, I need to start seeing that trajectory of, okay, this dude's going to be a guy. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I mean, a lot of us, We've talked about this before. We all said that one, yeah. one or two things is going to happen, right? He's either going to come out and be the greatest thing since sliced bread, or he's going to come out and he's going to flop. Well, there was, there was going to be no middle ground with Trevor Lawrence. It was either going to be yeah. he's going to be one of the best, or he's just going to be he's going to going to be a nobody, right? This is again where I think Peterson comes in a big play, right? So the team went out and they they grabbed a bunch of mediocre guys and pay them top tier contracts. They got one true starting guy in the in the offseason right so they went and added pieces and did what they could despite the amount of cap space they had they didn't go after elite level guys outside of brandon scherf um who's older now so well yeah but you collect more mid-tier yeah i know i'm saying they, they built around him right and now you bring in the quarterback guru who made carson rents the, the the hype that he is now <laughs> and has been right yeah and, and Hey, they've tasted one of those already with Foles. Well, right. So, I mean, they, they, he he made he made these guys with there. I mean, we've seen him do it with Foles. We've seen him do it with Wentz. I, I mean, he's really good working with quarterbacks. I think Trevor Lawrence has enough raw talent and to to be able to be better than all of those guys, right? But it's got to be we got to see it on the field. And I I think well, I think the biggest problem that Jacksonville has right now is a lot of the negative media. Jacksonville got more media attention than any team in New York in any sport last year. Period. Oh, that's just because of – I mean, so here's – again, 
remove the toxicity toxicity from the environment and people tend to thrive. So the expectation that I said earlier, five, maybe six wins, that needs to hold true. But this is a team, this is is one of those teams that could just come out with a mediocre team and a really in a quarterback that just flips script because it's, he's not he's going to play completely different than anybody's seen him play, and they could end up easily being a, an eight nine win team and just shocking the entire NFL because so, nobody is prepared for it. Literally yeah. nobody. Everybody's going into the games against Houston and, and Jacksonville saying, "Yeah, this is going to be a scrimmage match, and they're going to be the games that people screw up and lose." Um. So yes, as much Maybe. as I like, and I think it's going to turn around. I do think it's still going to take another season for Lawrence to put it together. And here's why the kid never lost. Really? I mean, he really didn't deal with a whole lot of adversity as a quarterback before the NFL. I think it's going to take him time to adjust. I truly do. Now that's where there's the, the Peterson and the patience thing. You can't knee jerk and say that Lawrence isn't the guy. If he has another mediocre year, I think he's got to have that opportunity to have full time to develop with Peterson, but I think you'll start seeing it. I just don't – I agree with Alex that I think you're going to get those five wins. You're going to see a better Lawrence, but I don't think it's going to be – I can't see it happening like Alex said. I just don't even see it happening where you're going to get a turn of script. But – Well, I'll say this. Cool that they, they're going to need, you know, at the end of this season, regardless of what the win-loss total is, the fan base is going to need to feel like we've got something we can build off of here in Jacksonville, meaning they feel good. Like Lawrence is just another year of experience and maybe an elite playmaker away from really starting to put up numbers and wins. The defense has got to come together and play as a unit and um, really complement each other because they've got names, but they've got a lot of guys that haven't proven a whole heck of a lot. I mean, besides linebacker Foise Aluakum, who led the league in tackles last year, I mean – Yes, Josh Allen had a great rookie season in terms of rushing the passer, but they're going to have two first-round picks at rookie, Devin Lloyd and Trayvon Walker in that front seven playing linebacker and edge linebacker. You know, the secondary, I mean, Shaquille Griffin is their top guy at corner. Darius Williams they brought in, you know, from the Rams. Safety, Andrew Sisco. Rayshon Jenkins, those guys got to start making a name for themselves. I mean, so if you're a fan, at the end of this season, regardless of wins and losses, I think that you want to feel like you've got something to build off of and not, well, fuck, we're picking top three and we suck everywhere. Because, that, I mean, that's just that's just the ultimate – that's going to be the ultimate gut punch if, if you're a Jaguar fan, if, if that's the feeling. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, now, you've got, division... got to walk away from this season going, okay, we see why Lawrence had some hype. We see yeah. why Peterson is given, you know, the credit to his name that he has. I think you start seeing that. I just don't know if it translates to, like, again, you're not going to, no fan should expect a big turnaround, but I think you can expect a much improved team. And that yeah. will be very noticeable. And that should that should be the that should be the realistic hope and expectation. Now, as far as this division goes, boys, I know pretty much we think it's a two team division with the Colts and the Titans. Obviously, uh, you know the the quarterback play for both of those teams is going to be a huge factor in 
which team wins the division and what team either comes in as a wild card or maybe just misses out on the playoffs. But I think two-team race is fair to say in this division, the way that it's set up right now. And um, both of those teams, uh, my expectations would be they are uh, potential playoff teams. Yes. Can't, I can't really disagree on that one. Yep. Uh, so to- I mean, we'll we'll see the AFC. You know, we've gotten we've gotten to the point now where we're, we've covered half of the conference. It's a pretty stacked conference if you look throughout the four divisions, which we'll get to the other two divisions in the conference as we continue the division dive series. Uh, next week we're going to flip it over and we're going to get into a little bit more NFC uh, football talk as we continue rolling along. But if you're a fan of you know, the the Browns or the Bengals or the Ravens or the Steelers or the Texans or the Titans or the Colts or, yes, the Jaguars. If you're a fan of any of those teams, um, you know, you've got your reasons for optimism because you're a fan. That's what makes you a fan. Um, you've got your reasons for doubt, you know, or concern. Every team's got concerns. Um, ultimately, you're excited because you're getting ready for another football season and whether you've got a legit team or a team that's probably picking top five football gets you excited regardless. Um, but hopefully you enjoy the show and, and listening to three of us talk about, you know, what we see in terms of the division, obviously we'll, once we get down the road and we start picking, uh, you know, win loss records and making season predictions, we'll get a lot more pinpointed um, in what we think, but overall, you know, both the AFC North and the AFC South have a couple of strong teams at the top. We'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, so for myself and Matt and Alex, it's been another lovely episode of Pound the Pigskin where it's all football all the time, and we will see you next week.